0: Welcome to Intersect, a podcast by Micromass Communications. This is part two of our story about Kid and Cassie. If you haven't heard part one yet, I strongly encourage you to listen to it before you start this episode. You can stream it on the podcast page at micromass.com. As you listen to this story, does anything from your own business experience come to mind? Have you ever thought about how your audience's thoughts, feelings, and actions might be contributing to the challenges you're working to solve? Whatever goals you want to achieve, Ask yourself how Micromass may be able to help. Previously on Intersect.
1: I don't do doctors.
0: Kit lives with a chronic illness. She also lives with a larger sense of frustration that no one seems to be able to help her.
1: The doctors have no idea. They have guesses.
0: Whoa, what happened? What was it?
1: Probably a seizure.
0: We're meeting Kit and Cassie at a turning point in their lives. Recently, they've made the decision to become parents.
2: I can set up an appointment with the fertility center, but until you find out what's going on...
0: Is there any way you could have a kid without going to a doctor?
2: I mean, work is one thing, but what if it happens while you're taking care of our baby? I know. I can't.
0: At Micromass, each team is made up of specialists with strong perspectives, diverse skill sets, and a common goal. Here's the team who will be working to help Kit.
3: Hi, I'm Mindy Volpus, a behaviorist at
4: Micromass. I'm Kelsey Arp, lead behavioral copywriter. I'm Lindsay Huey, a senior art director at Micromass. I'm Kristen Maynard, group account director.
0: All right, team, you've heard what Kit is up against. Here's where we come in. We're working for a pharma company that has a focus on treating rare diseases. How can we reach a patient like Kit who has no interest in going to the doctor? How can we remove some barriers and bring her back in?
3: For starters, the wall that Kit has put up around herself is rational. It's based on very real past experiences with healthcare providers that have been really painful for her, and they've left her feeling judged and misunderstood. She's lost confidence that a doctor can or will help her or even wants to help her. She wonders at this point if doctors even believe her symptoms exist. And on top of that, she has concerns that doctors may secretly or maybe even not so secretly make judgments about her sexuality.
5: Exactly. Kit wants a diagnosis, but she has no confidence that the doctor's office is the place to get it, and you can't blame her for feeling like the system failed her. Ultimately, she has no interest in following through on their suggestions, so
6: why would she go? Yeah, she's built up a defense of toughness and self-reliance. That said, she doesn't really want to stay sick. It's just less frustrating to avoid the issue, and she's found ways to work around her symptoms or ignore them. Honestly, I relate to what she's going through. I've had the same mindset about my migraines for years. But to Kit... Reengaging engaging with the
3: healthcare system also means opening a Pandora's box of sorts.
5: Part of her can be more comfortable just not knowing what's going on, especially since the ramifications of whatever she has are a complete unknown, and she's used to just coping with it.
4: I think it's also important to remember that both Kit and Cassie have contract jobs with limited benefits. They can't afford to be sick. Cost plays a huge part in the decision-making process for patients. and keeps a lot of people out of the healthcare system entirely for fear of the impact that it could have on their finances. Still,
6: Kit does feel a need for help and connection. Yeah, but the
4: problem is that she doesn't really have
3: much of a foundation to draw on when it comes to taking that leap of faith that someone will take her seriously and genuinely care about helping her. Perhaps the only person she has a deep and trusting bond with is Cassie. And because of that, she's overly reliant on Cassie for monitoring her health and maybe even inappropriately confident that Cassie is all she needs to stay healthy.
5: Because of that and the fact that Kit's given up on seeing a doctor, the key to helping her re-engage is providing an authentic way for her to connect with people she can relate to. A patient
3: advocacy group or peer support group could be an ideal place to create this type of environment, a place where people who have had similar frustrating experiences could just meet and listen and be heard.
4: It's strategically sound for pharma companies to support these types of groups. It can help equip patients with the skills needed to navigate the healthcare system and empowers them to pursue treatment.
0: So would this be a group for people who have a particular disease?
4: This is a group for people who haven't identified their condition. They're searching for more information and need help interacting with the healthcare system. It helps demystify the healthcare process for patients.
6: It gives them a place where they can share stories with each other and be honest. It builds trust.
0: We're talking with Kit in her home.
6: So I think I may have found something
1: I want to do.
0: Great. Tell me more.
1: There's this group for people who are kind of like me. They don't know what's wrong with them.
0: What's it called?
1: It's called Making the Connection. It's a support community for the undiagnosed and misdiagnosed. It's just a place for undiagnosed people to hang out. It's kind of a relief to know they're out there. Makes me feel a little less crazy.
0: How did you find them?
4: We can target her with social media ads driving to an unbranded website for the patient support group. Can leverage social listening tools to help uncover where patients are online and what they're thinking, feeling, and saying.
6: We really wouldn't want it to look like a healthcare or pharma ad. It needs to feel more personal. Maybe talk about mysterious symptoms or frustrating experiences with doctors. It needs to be organic and reach her on a personal level. Plus, the tone of the language of the ad is
5: crucial. It has to feel authentic and empathetic.
1: I saw an ad for their Facebook group. It says something like so many doctor appointments, zero answers. Here, I'll pull it up on my phone. Do you live with mysterious symptoms, but you've never been able to connect them to a condition? Try connecting with us. It's basically a group of regular people. I went on their message board just to dip my toe into it. I'm always cautious with this kind of thing. There are a lot of people out there selling snake oil, but it's moderated, which is perfect. Keeps the salespeople and the armchair doctors out of the conversation. So I read some posts on the message board. Then Cassie and I attended one of their virtual meetings and it was pretty great. And it's also important that the group respects that everyone there has a different
3: experience. So not everyone has the same symptoms. Not everyone responds to the same style of provider interaction. You can't really push anyone to feel comfortable or to change their attitude because those things usually need to happen organically. But the group can be that safe environment for patients to just discover whatever it is that feels right for them.
4: Yeah. And in addition to that, the group can also offer practical advice for interacting with healthcare providers. So things like how to prepare for your appointment, what to expect at your appointment and what to share with your provider. Plus it would need a moderator.
5: Certain things aren't tolerated. No sales
1: pitches, no medical advice, no judgmental language. It was people talking about what they're going through and nobody jumped in and tried to tell them what they should do. It was so refreshing. I didn't talk at the first meeting. I just listened. Then we went to another one and I talked and it was all right.
0: So who's in the group?
1: Oh, people with all kinds of things. I mean, every age, every background from all over the country. Almost everybody has gotten the wrong diagnosis at some point. That's the common thread. We've all been to one doctor who was sure they knew what we had. We went home feeling like, ah, I finally know what it is. And then pretty soon we realized, nope.
0: How did that feel when you heard everyone else's stories?
1: Um, oddly satisfying. It was good to know I'm not the only one. And they do have some good tip sheets about how to prepare for a doctor appointment and talking with doctors. That stuff is good. It's not medical. It's practical. Some people have found their forever doctors through this group, and they've finally gotten the correct diagnosis. It's encouraging.
0: We decided to let Kit take the group at her own pace, so we didn't contact her for a few weeks. But then we got a call from Cassie.
2: Kit is still going to the connection meetings. It's been so good. I'm so happy to see her talking with people who know what it's like to be in this mess.
0: So you think it's helping
2: then? Well, I don't want to jinx anything, but she's met a friend through the group. Her name is Hannah. They've gotten pretty close and they've been chatting outside of the support group too. And so last night, Kate got off the computer and she was so lively. And I haven't seen her like that in a long time. She was saying, Hannah's doctor sounds amazing. Wow. Wow right? I've never heard her say a single positive thing about a doctor.
0: Did she elaborate?
2: Well, she was saying that Hannah has been with this doctor for a couple years and he's got her on medication that's actually working.
0: Wait, does Hannah have the same thing as Kit?
2: No, not at all. They don't have the same symptoms. This drug probably wouldn't work for Kit, but that is not the point. I think she might be considering going to a doctor. Maybe. I don't want to make her talk to you about it because I don't really think she's ready for it yet, but I can see the wheels turning.
0: Is this doctor nearby?
2: No, he's in Virginia, but Hannah said that doesn't matter. He can meet with her online, order tests long distance. Hannah lives in Ohio and somehow he treats her, Kit said. And I remember this exactly. She said, Hannah found her diagnosis. I guess anything's possible.
6: It sounds like Kit's mindset is starting to shift. She's heard about a doctor that her friend has had success with and is starting to feel hope and optimism again. That's a really big step.
5: Exactly, the group helped her view healthcare through the lens of someone else's experience. She could personally relate to the challenges without the stress of having to deal directly with her own barriers to treatment. There really is power in the idea of I'm not alone.
3: Yeah, experiencing support from people who have been there allowed her to really just relax and express her feelings more openly. But it's also important to know that this took time. A few months of participation plus separate conversations with Hannah. It took trust and building a real relationship with one of the group members. For
4: someone like Kit, that's not something that can happen quickly. So if she's starting to feel ready, we need to make sure that we set her up for success when she finally does talk to the doctor. Just because she's feeling more open to it doesn't automatically mean that she and the doctor will click and have good rapport.
3: Yeah, when she talks to the doctor, it will really help if Kit feels listened to in the same way that she does in the support group. For Kit to open up, she's gonna need to feel certain that the doctor truly cares about her and is committed to seeing this through with her until they find a
5: diagnosis. We're preparing her to be ready for the doctor. But is the doctor going to be a good fit for her?
4: If both sides are ready, they're a lot more likely to build a solid relationship and make decisions that make sense for them both. Agreed. Support has to come from two directions. One thing Kit and Cassie don't know is that the company that we're working for has a focus on rare diseases. It provides the resources for making the connection. It also sponsored a patient-centered communication initiative for doctors, and it just so happens that the doctor she's about to meet has taken part in it. And
5: this means that the wheels have been in motion from the provider's side as well. It's probably why Hannah had such a good
4: experience with this doctor. It's both sides of the healthcare system working together. So overall, we've created favorable conditions for Kit to meet this provider.
0: We're back in Kit and Cassie's house. They're about to start their first online appointment with Dr. Parham.
1: Okay, so you've got your notebook, your water bottle. Do you need to go to the bathroom? Stop it, sorry. I'm a grown up. I shouldn't feel this nervous about meeting a doctor. Hey, it's okay. Whatever you feel is valid. Right. Okay, here we go. I can't do this. Kit, I'm not doing this.
2: It's just one call. You're not even in a doctor's office. You're just talking to a guy in Virginia.
1: What if it's another wild goose chase? What if I do this and and he can't find anything? If this guy can't figure it out, we're done. We're not, I mean, look at me, look how I am right now. I can't be a mom like this. I can't get this upset over seeing a doctor. I don't want our kid to have this for a mom.
2: Hey,
4: I love you. I'm with you. Let's just be here right now. Making the connection has content about how to prepare to talk with a healthcare provider. Yes,
3: for example, a mindfulness exercise before the appointment begins would be a really good way to help Kit manage some of the anxiety we know she'll be feeling. And ideally, help her be able to start the meeting feeling relaxed and just be open to seeing where this appointment takes her.
4: Exactly. That's a good way to help with a handoff from the support group to the doctor. Take a deep breath. Okay. Can we
2: do a quick meditation? Maybe that meditation that they gave us in the connection. Sure. All right, so let's just check into the virtual waiting room. Then we can take some breaths for ourselves while we wait. Fine. Oh my gosh, look at this. They have the same one in the virtual waiting room. It's the same meditation that we use. Really? This doctor is on it. That's amazing. They knew we'd need this. Wow. That's a good sign. Yeah. All right, here we go.
0: To be continued. In this episode, we created a marketing campaign that reflected how Kit felt, allowing us to introduce her to a supportive community of peers. We provided that community with resources to help people like Kit, to give them a place free of stress and judgment where they could consider the kind of healthcare experience they needed. And we gave her a relaxation exercise to prepare for reconnecting with the healthcare system to help her build her confidence and get her into a better frame of mind. Join us for our next episode to find out if Kit's doctor can help her take the next step and see what other barriers she may face. In the meantime, if you'd like to see sample images of the support group website and the tools that Kit used, go to micromasscom slash intersect podcast and click the links on our podcast page. For now, I'm Johnny Knight. Talk to you soon.